What's going on, everybody? And here we are again. Episode 12 of the Dogs Football Podcast. Per usual, Nate Malone, the host, joined by my co-host, Noah Lurch. Noah, what's going on this Saturday, August 21st? We are really close. I counted 12 days until the SEMO game. Yeah, we are back in studio. We will update you on what's how how's camp going, what's happened since we last talked on the last pod. Uh, not much recruiting updates. We'll give a little tidbits about that, but let's get this going. Yeah, and we know there's only, I think we counted on barring breaking news. We will only probably have three more pods counting this one before before the SEMO game. This one, we will be sure to have one uh, right after the Fan Fest just to cover that. Anything else from the start of that week that the team's got going on before they make the trip, and then obviously we've talked about the pre-pod and the post-pod of the game and every game this year, but definitely the SEMO game. So this is the first of three before the first game. And, yeah, this one <clears throat> will again get just an update on the camp as we know it to this point. Uh, some more polls are out, a lot of talk about some positions. We know uh, – I almost said our boy with Sam Herter – we were going to discuss, he just came out with a certain podcast. We'll get into some, some stuff with that, what people can expect if they tune into those. Uh, like we said, some more polls, more NFL teams showing up to Saluki Stadium, uh, a little recruiting update near the end, and some updates, especially regards to SEMO and the uh, ticket situation, and some more things to finish it out. So we don't know how long it's going to be, but let's get into it now. Noah Camp. As we know, our last pod was on the 14th, and uh, the following day, the 15th, we instead of playing videos for certain points, we'll just have, because on the new Saluki app, they have uh, lowdowns for everything, and it's just uh, stuff that we can read off from and put in our own words, kind of know what happened on that August 15th, the day after our pod. Yeah, uh, was it the 14th or 15th? I forget, but it was the day after, I believe, but... uh... I think Apollo was 14th, and now here we are, 15th. Yeah, uh, since uh, that day, uh, well, to mention that uh, former Saluki wide receiver, just to bring it up real quick, yeah, Raphael Leonard has uh, came back to Carbondale, and he is a uh, assistant coach of some type. Yeah, I'm sure he's working with the receivers, <clears throat> we assume. Uh, yeah, we did see that literally right as soon as we were done with our pod, so that's really cool to see. We know he had a... He got workouts, and he was in the preseason years ago with the Jaguars, and nothing transpired. Wasn't he in a league recently? I remember he had a touchdown. He was in uh, not the maybe not the CFL, maybe the arena football, I'm not sure. During the pandemic, who knows how that's going on. But I'm pretty sure I saw a video of him scoring on something. But, yeah, he is back, and it's great to see because we know we have great receiving room, and he only helps. Yep. Uh, getting to what happened on the 15th, uh, we had a uh... – Let's see. Said since the fifteenth, it was eighteen days away from the. It was a Sunday practice, so uh, they opened up. Uh, not much happened. They had Nick Baker. I guess they had a little scrimmage. I guess. Yeah, they mentioned Jathan Jones, who we know we might see this year. We mentioned Hunter Milligan, just in terms of you know the the scholarship he got that he might see time because he's earned it in camp. And Jathan Jones. He's out of St. Louis. He had a day that day, uh, caught a 50-yard touchdown from Nick Baker, yeah. And then he caught another one, caught another one from, from Nick that went 50 yards in the air as well. Would have been a touchdown had the coaches not blown the play dead. And then a 70-yarder, Noah, from Zach Zabrowski, who we've heard we were going to get in some quarterbacks a little bit later maybe, but Zabrowski, they mentioned QB3. It's up in the air for him. He's not uh, calling plays anymore. Now he's in it. Yeah, uh, Nick Hill mentioned uh, last time they talked to quarterbacks that him and Stone Norton have been doing a great job. And uh, I know that uh, on Mike Murphy today on the radio show, we said that he read in the newspaper that Hunter Simmons, the kid from Marion, might get some time. But I think he read that. Which is shocking. When I heard that, it definitely shocked me. They mentioned his size, and it's like he has the prototypical size for one. But there's true freshmen. We find it. We know, like, Leviticus McAfee had a pick in camp. And it's like, you know, my boy Lewis Wilbur, we're not sure if true freshmen will play. But it's interesting, especially how deep the quarterback room is. It's just hard to believe. Yeah, he's listed at 6'5", 220. Not sure if he's 6'5". You've seen him in person. You've seen him play. 
So he, you said around uh, maybe six three, six three, six four, probably. Being generous yeah. and six five. But uh, yeah, I don't know if he said uh, Mike Murphy on Sports Force this morning said he got that from a article of Todd Hefferman that yeah, in, news, the paper, in the paper. Yeah. So not sure about that. Uh, haven't heard a lot about Michael Lindenauer, uh, but uh, which was surprising to us. But yeah, getting into. Uh, what happened the rest of that day? Uh, it said that they rested Avante and Landon. So no wonder, you know, Jathan and then probably some others, you know, took part and did pretty well because our main two guys sat out that day. Yeah. Uh, also, Isaiah Hartrip had another pass, did he not? Yeah, he did. He. Uh, 70-yarder? Oh, it says barely misfired. So uh, did not. Mike Reese is going over the double numbers a lot. And here's a, on that play, Jakari Patterson, who we haven't really mentioned a whole lot. We know he's on the depth chart, and we did mention uh, guys that could side him. We know Dorian Davis is coming in, and we have the main two we think will start. But Jakari Patterson, he intercepted a pass. He's a name to keep an eye on as well. It said that Javon found the end zone as well. Uh, what else happened? That's about it for that. They mentioned, they mentioned the new guy. They mentioned James. Uh, Jawan, oh, here we are. Number three. Yeah. So they, they, here they are. The first mention we've heard of Jawan Blankenship, they just mentioned uh, that he is number. They're just. Numbers, right? Number yeah, three. Mike Reese does that every time on here and saying, but which numbers, who shares what, blah, blah, blah. And Ty Stanley was mentioned as well. He shares it with Jalen. In college, they can wear on offense and defense, same number. And it says on here that Pat Poor talked with, uh, talked about. Uh, Tyson, I'm pretty sure that's the one with Todd, maybe. It's a slicky radio interview, so we talked to, uh, to Mike, but uh, Pat was also on Todd's new uh, podcast, Slicky Mania Podcast, and just mentioned about <clears throat> what to expect, and he said that, uh, you know, all the guys, because, you know, Todd mentioned Jacob and Cole and then Tyson, that uh, all those guys are going to be expected to do everything on the field. Pat mentioned how uh, uh, tight ends the second most position uh, – important position on the field due to the fact that they're pretty much they have to know everything the quarterback knows in terms of not only obviously they have to block and do everything they're supposed to but they have a you know they're supposed to know everything within like the quarterback knows in terms of uh, protections in terms of what plays and all that stuff he went into detail with that and he's in his 12th year it said here he's in his 30 something year coaching so we haven't really talked much about Pat we know how important uh, that he's coached, you know, those position groups, and we expect a lot out of those guys, and I'm excited because we said, you know, because they, they also mentioned that Cole and Jacob were like the physicality of the team, the physicality of the offense, and then you had Tyson here who can do that as well but also be a pass catcher. So I did notice that. I wanted to get that in there. And then Noah, so that day was pretty good, and it says here on the 16th they did not practice. Yeah, they said uh, they showed a little click uh about SEMO back in 2013, which I actually attended, they played, SIU and SEMO played at St. Louis Bush Stadium. SIU won that game 36-19. They just clicked, showed a link. You can, guess, watch the game. Uh, on the 17th, uh, they resumed practice. So uh, they got into, it says, about the preseason poll that we'll get into here shortly from the Coaches Association. Um, I think, I believe that's the day... Jack Calhoun was mic'd up. They had a little interview with him. Um, and they, the, team, uh, the account posted that today. We got a chance to watch that. He's a funny guy. Really important to this team. It says here, Simo's unranked in both those polls. So we'll just throw that out there. We'll get to where we stand. Simo's unranked in those polls and received top 25 votes in one of the two. They've split their last six meetings. We'll get into some more of this stuff down the road whenever we play them in the next couple uh, what else happened on the state? Doesn't doesn't get into much. Had a interview with uh, running backs coach Nate Griffin. If you want to go check that out. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I don't think we really uh, kept up with that video much. I'm sure he just mentioned everything that we've heard and seen in terms of the forehead monster. So, yeah, I mean, he might have mentioned maybe guys to keep an eye on. Like there might have been a Robert Jones mentioned. Did you get a chance to listen to it at all? Uh, yeah, they mentioned the four-headed monster, but they did not mention anybody else. Interesting. And that's going to be probably it for then you get to the next yeah, they day. They mentioned a bunch of stats from last year. Stuff, yeah, so the next day they didn't say they didn't say anything. They just went on about SEMO and 
SIU versus SEMO and stats from last year. It says six years, Saluki's running backs coach, Nate Griffin, can see a big year for Justin Strong this year. Because I did, I think I, I listened to a little bit of it, actually, to now refresh my memory. He did mention that it's surprising because Justin, you know, came from position or changed positions that he was kind of like just a raw talent at running back that he didn't say that he didn't necessarily mean that he was, you know, uh, with the X and O's type and not like a legit running back, but he was so raw and so talented with it that it's interesting. And he said he's expecting a big year. So, and there's no depth besides Javon behind him. There's really no depth chart for maybe Spencer behind him because he's been there, done that. But I wouldn't say there's really a depth chart for behind Javon. Would you say? If you go to the spring, Ramirez Elliott was the number one back on the depth chart. Yeah, in terms of like we'll see the depth chart and it'll have it, but then that's the one position where. They're all going to take place, so I wouldn't say really if it's uh, – but we'll see. We'll see the depth chart really soon, I hope. So Yeah, on the 19th, uh, Saluki's had their second scrimmage of the fall. They went one hour at Saluki Stadium. Uh, Nick Baker took the first snaps at QB, which we uh, thought that was interesting, but found out that Stone took the first snaps with the first team, the last the, – their first scrimmage. But uh, Nick – The opposite one worked the two-minute drills. Yeah. They were flip-flopping a little. Uh, Nick uh, completed first three passes, and the fourth one was dropped. Through one touchdown pass, Isaiah Hardtrip, the redshirt – or the freshman again, and uh, – Excited to see what he'll bring this year. Yeah, he'll, he uh, spent a lot of special team last year. We'll be counting on again for that. So, uh, uh, they're battling uh, – they're just talking about Stone and Nick battling for the starting nod. Uh, Lebanowitz started the first scrimmage, as we said uh, – they uh, Baker completed a long pass to high school teammate Avante Cox. Then uh, Ramirez apparently they switched. Says uh, Avante and Ramirez switched numbers for the scrimmage for some reason. Uh, Zabrowski actually took the snaps for the third team, and Stone took the Stone Norton took the <clears throat> signal caller for the fourth team. Interesting, since then right there we don't see anything about Hunter Simmons. We don't see anything about Foss. Foss is the name we haven't heard at all, so it's interesting. But yeah, we mentioned the thing with Hunter, and he's not mentioned on here. So yeah, we're not questioning to see if he's getting any reps at all. Uh, Stone threw three touchdown passes, two to Jerron Rollins, which is big to see. Jerron making plays. Uh, He'll be our big play guy again. Uh, then it says LeBron Lloyd's third touchdown pass. It was a red zone score. Uh, Tony Williams, actually the local kid from Sparta running back, scored a two-yard touch, touchdown run. What's his play style? Is he like a bowling ball, or is he a quick guy? Actually, I cannot tell you that because uh, I do not watch a, a lot of Sparta football. Nothing, yeah, nothing yeah. against River River football, but actually, I'm, I mean, not sure because he was. We've talked. We we went in depth in about. We went in depth on the uh, the 2021 class, and we did not see a right. single word about Tony Williams. So I think he's one of those like. We've had a couple of kids like the James Gunn from Marion. He walked on the uh, the wide receiver from Heron walked on. So I think he's one of those types just to get him in. Yeah, you're right. Because we yeah we didn't hear of him until the other day. We realized. But he looks like he's making progress in practice. Yeah, the only reason I asked that is because he scored on the two yard line. So I didn't know if he was more of a goal line back or obviously he's probably the only one they're using. So he's listed at five ten one eighty five. So. A little stocky, probably. I don't know. But just curious. But uh, Easton Wolf, who had a really good camp, grabbed uh, his second interception of another safety to keep an eye on. So that's another safety to add to the thing. Uh, that's about so it. Defense added a red zone interception and negated by pass interference. Here's Jalen Bates. Jalen, it says Jalen Bates is on here. Uh, we we follow him on Twitter. We follow him what he's been doing. We were interested in him. Uh, coming in as a freshman to see what he could do. So he's getting reps. That's cool to see whether he plays this year or not. He'll be pivotal for the future. And here we go. No, I wanted to get in this one. Zach Gibson. There is a video we'll play here shortly uh, about the wide receivers mentioned here, but they all talk. We want to give that video out. They mentioned Zach Gibson, obviously former potential walk-on for the basketball team. Uh, and we, we didn't think he was at the school at all, right? We thought he was honestly gone. We didn't see him on the – Football depth chart for a while there. He was on the roster all of last year. He was listed as he is a he was a tight end, and he played special teams and all that stuff. So uh, he has moved to wide receiver for this year. So, uh, but uh, 
Nico Galdoni continues to do what he does. He kicked two field goals of 50 and 26 yards, made both. So uh, we, he's reliable. Yeah, we're not surprised he does what he does. He he's reliable. So uh, do you have that? Uh, let's, let's play that video of the receivers. What they were talking about. Honestly, whenever they spoke, I heard Javon or Avante's voice for the first time. I did not expect him to sound like that, honestly. He is an All-American, so he can do and sound however he likes. Cox is open, over the shoulder, catch for a touchdown! Yeah, yeah Avante, like man, he's a, a weapon, a uh, five-tool weapon, man. He uh, takes the top off defenses. You kind of prepare for him. An explosive player, tough as nails player, can play any spot on the field for us. Avante is a true All-American. When 11's out on the field, he's in a condensed split. I'm sure it's a nightmare for defense coordinators. They have no idea whether he's going to go long. He's going to come in jet sweep motion. Whether we're going to use him as a decoy, you know, have to be prepared for everything he can do. Uh, Landon Lenore, we're really looking forward to him, moving him around, seeing him make explosive plays and uh, physical blocking on perimeter. He's just like me. He can do, get open, create separation, part the guard on the top receivers. Very underrated right now. And Lando is just one of the most pristine wide receivers I've been around. That He's just so sharp when it comes to the detail. Jerome Rollins, he played a lot for us last season, came down and made a lot of clutch plays for us, especially in the playoffs. And Jerron, I think, is just somebody who quarterback loves. He's able to go up and climb the ladder, and you guys saw that later in the season. And Isaiah Hartrip uh, played some snaps for us this past spring as a true freshman, uh, explosive player. Isaiah's coming back, played a little bit in games last year, been looking great, and uh, got him in a slot right now. Zach Gibson, taller wide receiver, got got a good size, good frame about him. He came to us from as a tight end, has really developed nicely this uh, spring and this summer. If Jason Jones, another uh, big wide receiver for us, they can go really go up and go make plays. I can't wait for games because they're just going to be plays that break down, and these guys are going to do special things, put points on the board by themselves. So they're going to make all the quarterbacks' job very, very, very easy. Just making a quarterback look good and uh, just making catches that. People don't think we should make. And I do recall, though, the crazy catches they all did have last year. But they mentioned all those guys, especially Jones and then uh, Gibson, and then you add in Jerron. We're pretty big. We have the speed guys. Literally all the Avante, Landon, and Isaiah are speed guys. And then you add those big bodies. A mix of everything, wouldn't you say? Yeah, uh, we got we to gotta do it all. Uh, surprised we haven't heard much about Avante Cox's brother, uh, Deontay, who joined us from Missouri Baptist University last 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 year. Yeah, he didn't play in a single game. Yeah, spring, right? did not play at all. So it was cool. Uh, there's a couple couple other names that was not mentioned, like a couple freshmen, like T.J. Michael King. Yeah, T.J. Atkins and Michael King. We're in, uh, Sean Larkins, one another uh, recent. Scholarship E Hunter Milligan did not was not mentioned in there, but I'm sure they're all and Tate Johnson was the kid from Heron that I was thinking about. Yeah, and they also mentioned uh, when they got talking about Landon, it just got us thinking he wasn't on that list, and they're talking about he's underrated, he's all this stuff, everything that we already knew, and everything that we've been seeing on the list that he is not on. I'm expecting a huge year from Landon. They mentioned Isaiah Slot, and he is pretty fast, as we know, he'll be a kick returner. Hopefully, again, he was pretty consistent with that. I would love to know his uh, yards gained uh, each time he uh, was on the uh, return team. But they said he'll be in the slot, so we, and we'll count on Avante to be a lot in the slot as well. Uh, yeah, you're right. Because we said on the last one, I think it was defensive line, They a lot of guys that they didn't mention, whether they didn't have the time or not, or whether just the fact that obviously that's just how deep we are, they can't put it, fit it on the video. So it's interesting. So... Uh, really cool to see all those guys talk about one another. We know Stone was talked about a lot. He said Jerron's ability to climb the ladder. Yes, expecting that once again. Um, and everything that everything that the receivers do to make them a quarterback's best friend. So good to see. So moving on, Noah. What day are we on now on the thing? Should be on the after the second scrimmage. So the tw- okay here we twenty second should be. For the twentieth, second scrimmage on twentieth, was it not? No, the twentieth. Yeah, that's right. 
They had a light workout that day, about 90 minutes long. It was mostly spent on conditioning, pun alignment, and coverage, as well as end of the game, end of the game slash or half plays. All very important. Glad they're working on it as we expected them to, we think, because you're always going to have issues on special teams. You're always going to have bad instances. You can't always be perfect, but they're good that they're working on that. As I mentioned before, so they, they have 18 seniors on the roster, 17 or six-year guys, three are newcomers, Deshondrick, Foxworth, Donovan Spencer, and Kevin Glacian, all very important players. Um, we've been really active. I mean, we were talking earlier about how important the transfer portal is, and who knows who will get down the road, whether they're young or old, and since these guys are old, we're in, you know, because obviously they're playing to be NFL players as well. You know, They came here for a reason. And they're all, I think all three of those guys are going to be pivotal. And Colby Coleman's one as well. Um, so that's pretty much all that happened on that day, right? Yeah. Uh, going into the next day, uh, uh, they practiced for about two hours. Uh, this was today's. It was today's, yeah. Javon Williams continues to look completely healthy. He was a force at the Wildcat a la 2019. Most of the practice highlights came within the final 30 minutes with the offense and defense went head to, head up in 11 on 11. There are no turnovers or TDs when QB Nick Baker and the first team offense faced Anthony Knight and Bryce Notry and Quay Brown and the first team defense. Woo. So uh, that's Nick Baker getting another snap with the first team. So what's that tell you right there? Especially, yeah, and against the number one defense, they mentioned three of the most important guys on defense. So that's good to see it. Also, they mentioned Jalen Bates once again grabbed another camp interception for himself. And the second team defense faced the second team offense. So we're assuming that was on Lebanowitz. So interesting. Yeah. Uh, and the same segment, Jeffrey Wells dropped on a, an attention getting hit on Deontay Cox. There's Deontay being okay. mentioned finally. Uh, Stone got the third team offense. Stone Norton. Stone Norton got the third team offense, was sacked twice, once by Dewey Green from the Cit- Citadel. Does that name ring a bell at all? He is Green. He's a transfer from the Citadel, it looks like, listed as a defensive lineman at 6'2", 255. He must be a recent transfer somehow because we have not seen a word about him. I mean... In the Citadel, they always, they always play high major FBS. We had uh, a couple years ago, we had a linebacker transfer to there. Aaron Reed, a couple years ago, oh, yeah. he yeah. transferred down to the city. I had a couple oh. classes with him, actually. So, uh, yeah, he that's... He was huge. I honestly miss him. He missed out. That is the first mention of Dewey Green, so that is another lineman we can add to the list. To that, and then here is, we already mentioned, we mentioned one of them that hasn't mentioned, or wasn't mentioned until today, and then now Noah, Jacob Foss first, now mentioned. Yeah, appears to have a big arm and force to scramble this that day uh completed the big pass to hunter milligan there's hunter milligan and uh after easton wolf there's easton wolf again having a great camp broke up a pat uh fosses past uh milligan here's uh peyton reeves uh we got the brothers in there but peyton got a sack foss and completed uh, another freshman dayton mitchell wide receiver got a pass from foss in that practice uh looks like they had another interview with saluki captain Xavion furcon would love to find that somewhere if we can find it at some point. You might just get details on it. So, yeah, there's a lot of guys, like we said, that we haven't heard anything from. Obviously, they're just on the fourth team, uh, you know, including Hunter and obviously Jacob and even Peyton Reeves and Dave Mitchell. So, yeah, all the guys we haven't heard of, fourth team. And we know this probably that's the deepest they go probably. So, uh, got to always remember the fourth string guys. So it says they don't practice again until Sunday. So much needed day off. Uh, or actually, no. Today's today's Saturday, the twenty first. So yeah, practice yeah. not till Monday. Practice not till Monday. You can't. You want to. You want to work. You want to. You know, work at your craft every day. But it's always nice, obviously, have day off, especially Sundays having the day off. So yeah. So that's everything up to this point. Like we said, by our next one on next Thursday after the fan fest, when we cover that, we'll cover. Everything from that Monday and Tuesday's practices as well to keep getting ready and ready to go for the SEMO game. So that's everything with Camp Noah. Now let's get into this. We have a bone to pick with the AFCA, their uh, FCS coaches poll 
had a top 25. Yeah, the AFCA, the American Football Coaches Association, um, really uh, was startled to see this, but uh, has SIU ranked at number 10 in their top 25 rankings. Has the reigning champs at number one. Let's go ahead and read through these. Sam Houston at one, James Madison, North Dakota State, South Dakota State. No one's arguing, I don't think, with that top four, whether to put it in whichever order Those you like. Those four are the top tier in the CS. Yeah, and then five. We know Delaware got pretty far. Uh, I would have loved to play them even with their healthy quarterback. So whoever, and obviously South Dakota State beat us, got to play them without it, and they killed them. So interesting seeing them there. And then here we are, Weber State once again. I'm sure they've had a lot of success. They only lost one game last year. They do play at Utah in their first game. That's September 2nd as well. But, I mean, you got to put the – I mean, maybe not. I mean, there's always going to be a devil's advocate. Maybe you'll play it. But the team that beat you in the playoffs, I mean, you think – and everyone's pretty much bringing back all their guys unless they had NFL talent that uh, – we should be ahead of Weber State, wouldn't you imagine? Um, I'm not sure how what they did this offseason, bringing in freshmen or bringing in transfers, but... Probably the same or none as good as what we probably have. So, it's so yeah, I know they were picked to win their conference this year again, so... What conference is that? The, uh, they're out there in the... I forget what it's called. Off the top of my head. Anyway. But, uh, yeah... So uh, then at seven, they have North Dakota, which we have a bone to pick with them. Can't wait to play them. This upcoming year has them at seven. I'm really not I, – I know they're a quality team. I mean, having them on here isn't the worst thing in the world. Jacksonville State, we know they have deep quarterback play. They made it pretty far as well. They are eight. Montana, I know a lot of people are mentioning Montana that, you know, they're always pretty consistent. And then, yeah, here we are at ten. Um, we've seen so many different – yeah, we went 6-4 and four last year, but the end of the season doesn't lie and what we were able to accomplish. Just the fact that, um, like we said, so many different polls have us in so many different things that I would say there's no way we should be behind Delaware and Weber State and probably Montana. But either way you put it, I mean, like we said, we'll just keep proving, t- proving people wrong. So, What are some other teams on here? Southeast Louisiana, who has Cole Kelly. They are 17. Northern Iowa, who we play this year at 16. They'll have a bounce back probably. Villanova is. They're obviously a basketball school, but they are uh, pretty consistent in football as well. Central Arkansas, they play at Arkansas State. I know I was watching. Upset alert. Upset alert because we were watching because we were going to mention Sam Herderson. We'll go ahead and mention that he has a podcast out, him and Craig Haley. It's the FCS All podcast. It's, It's Craig Haley. Not sure it's their actual podcast. They join some lady. Right. Forget her name. I watched the first episode. It came out today. It was an hour long. It's on YouTube. If you guys want to go check it out, it's an hour long thing. It had uh, each, uh, really today was just about preseason, uh, preseason picks of each conference. Each conference had a little video. I know the that everybody, when NVC's, when for a uh, ballot came out the uh, Kelly Burke had her little video. Everybody saw it. She, that video was on there. Just talking about what the preseason rankings was for the Missouri Valley and the first team all conference and second team all conference. That's all it was for each conference. It was pretty cool. Learned some things. And uh, they talked about potential upsets. They were, that was one of them. Central Arkansas beating. Yeah. They were talking about FBS upsets. Uh, they did not mention SIU at Kansas state which that is one on our book, but... Uh, maybe either they forgot or maybe they're just sleeping on the fact that we don't. they don't think we can win. We'll find out. It's a big... I think... I don't know. They were they, mentioning... This is a big slap in the face. Yeah, I don't know. They didn't mention we were saying at Utah, so I think they tried to stay away from the Power 5 conferences. They were looking at elsewhere in the... I mean, it says Nichols. I mean, they play Memphis. I mean, I wouldn't say they'll win that, so they weren't going to mention that. Yeah, they, I forget others they mentioned. but So, yeah, three teams right after us, Montana State, they did not play in the spring. They are at, at Wyoming. Yeah, I've heard a lot of – yeah, yeah, they did mention that one, a potential upset. They didn't play, neither did North Carolina A&T, who is at 24, and then Central Arkansas, who does have that Arkansas State game. They did not play as well. So. I believe Montana opens up at Washington as well. Tough. So, a lot of these teams are going into the – the Pac-12s of the world and all that stuff. So that ain't easy. 
what are some other matchups here? Uh, somebody was playing. Yeah, Eastern Washington gets UNLV. I don't know how UNLV's football is. We did. Yeah, Northern Iowa and Iowa State. What's the margin of victory going to be in that one for Iowa State? You never know. And then, yeah, Chattanooga gets Austin P. So, Austin P. We know we play them in basketball. It'll be interesting to play them in football. As we know, yeah, they are, they are picked high for second in their conference. So, yeah, there's a little thing on that. Tenth, uh, I mean. Way too low. Yeah, like the teams they have ahead of us, top four or the top four. After that, I'd say we're around the five, six, seven range. Definitely not ten. I will say, um, the lady asked Sam Herter and uh, Craig Haley. Like uh, she asked Craig Haley first, uh, pick four teams that you would think that would be in the semis. He named the top four teams which are on that list of Sam Houston State, South Dakota State, James Madison, and North Dakota State, and. Uh, she asked. She she asked the same thing to Sam Herter. He said, uh, "To he put it in a tiers and he put those top four in a tier. Then he said he did put SIU in that second tier. He was one of the first teams named in that second tier. So we're getting respect from somebody. He's probably heard us complain about his ranking. So he's uh, shouting us out a little bit. Yeah, it's either he would finally give us our due diligence, or he would just." He- or he's either scared of us for mentioning him or that he's coming to his senses. Yeah, because I wouldn't say he would, uh, uh, you know, say anything positive because we have gone at him, so I don't know if he likes us very much. But it's interesting because we mentioned, we don't know if it's their podcast itself, but we mentioned Todd's. A lot of people are starting podcasts after the fact that we have. It's got nothing to do with it. It's just interesting. So now, Noah, there was that. Speaking of Sam Herter, uh, he had his jersey countdown that he always does. And whatever day it was, uh or I guess it whatever day it was, but it had the best number 11, and that easily is Avante Cox. Not even close. He's he's a top wide receiver in the whole FCS. There's no uh, doubt about who the best number 11 is. Had to mention that. And then we talk about Sam and Craig on that pod, and now Craig Haley had his own uh, Missouri Valley preseason poll. Uh, yeah, we. This is the FCS stats. He just had a. He did a little article on the preview of the conference. He's doing it for each conference. He just uh, just went into about SIU. He had to say uh, quarterback Stone Lebonowitz was. We had a, we were at four in this. Said quarterback Stone Lebonowitz, FCS high seventy two point four completion percentage has seemingly endless supply of weapons with wide receivers Avante Cox and Landon Lenore and running backs. Javon Williams Jr., Ramir Elliott, Justin Strong. Still, the Salukis were minus 11 in turnover margin during the spring. Not good. Yeah, I know. We're hoping uh, hoping that whole flips. and We have an idea of the, the fact that that will. He mentioned Stone because I'm not sure how much he knows about Nick Baker. You know, he That's what we expect these guys to do. Like, if they were legit about their jobs, and obviously they're not terrible at their jobs. No one's perfect at their jobs, but... It's like whenever they do these rankings and they pick apart all of these schools that bring either certain people back or rely on people again, and you got to know, like, well, what kind of season did that person have? That's how I'm going to put them, this team in their rankings because they have this guy coming back because this guy did better than that guy on that team. If they, if they pinpoint and be as specific as they should with stuff like that and the fact that, you know, whether they keep up with us or not, they should. They just mentioned Stone. They don't mention anything about Nick Baker. I guess that's just a grand scheme overall, people knowing that Stone's going to start. But we're, we're getting to the point now where, because I think it was on Sports Voice this morning, they were mentioning how Nick pretty much said, you know, that, that it's definitely still up in the air. You just never, never know. So it's just interesting, yeah. I mean, all of them putting – which, in the grand scheme, if you're looking at it on the outside end, not in this area and knowing what's going on, looking what Stone did for us in the playoffs in last year, there's right. you would think there's no way possibly he loses his job. Exactly. That's how So, that's what they look at. So, they also had the uh, did the preseason offensive player of the year. They picked uh, North Dakota running back Otis Way, which we know way too much about. He ran all over us in week one last year. Then uh, they have defensive play of the year going back to back. Jared Brinkman, he's a NFL prospect, defensive tackle. He is unbelievable. Then they they said they have on here 2022 NFL prospect, which they put North Dakota State wide receiver and kickoff returner Christian Watson. He's 6'5", 208 pounds. So they think he'll be able to, which he's a tall, lanky receiver. He has he'll be able to go to the next level. 
And they say game-breaking speed. So, yeah, if you're really fast, especially on your own team like North Dakota State, I mean, you know, the notoriety and people know about that and the talent they can provide. If you're fast, the NFL will find you. That's that's a hard-on fact. They actually had a, an X factor. It says it's, uh, He says it. it's possible for two top programs, North Dakota State and South Dakota State, maybe the only ones with new starting quarterbacks this season. In addition, Quincy Patterson trying to beat out which Quincy Patterson, I believe he's a Virginia Tech transfer, trying to beat out Cam Miller at North Dakota State. Then Sam, Samford grad transfer Chris Oladokin seems to be the QB1 at South Dakota State, which they have two attorneys, uh, Gibbs and Heidi, shared the starting role in 2019. So here we are, and he gets to, yeah, three must-see games, and he has us at South Dakota State October 9th. Two weeks prior to Frisco, South Dakota State had to escape the Saluki's upset bid with a five-point victory in the All-NBC MBFC quarterfinal. It's just crazy. If we didn't blow that game, just what, how we're looked at, what transpires, everything. It's be, Facing that Delaware team, we literally had a chance to go to the national title game. So. Yep. Uh, we're, we're done talking about it. It breaks our heart, but that is one of his three games to keep an eye on. That's interesting. Entrance watch. Uh, North Dakota State's on there twice and South Dakota State. Is that's got to watch those games. But uh, getting back to Sam Herter, he actually, him and Hero Sports five days ago, put out which 2021 preseason top 25 teams have the toughest schedules. We, well, Austin P, and then I'll just go down the list. Austin P is at 25. Southeastern Louisiana at 24, VMI at 23, Chattanooga at 22, Sam Houston, the number one team at 21, Monmouth, who is picked to win their conference coming back, is at 20, Nichols is at 19, Kennesaw State at 18, uh, North Carolina A&T at 17, Delaware at 16, UC Davis at 15, Central Arkansas at 14, Montana at 13, Eastern Washington, the powerhouse out in Washington, Eastern Washington at 12, North Dakota State coming in at, at number 11. Their schedule Their schedule is Albany, Valpo, Towson, North, at North Dakota, UNI, at Illinois State, Missouri State, Indiana State, at South Dakota State, at Youngstown, and versus South Dakota. They play zero FBS opponents. As I know, as an Oregon fan, they were supposed to come to Oregon last year because of COVID. That messed it all up. I was so excited to watch Trey Lance and the Bison come into Austin Stadium. That'd been awesome. But uh, they play four t- top twenty-five teams in pre uh, the preseason, so that'll be interesting. James Madison, the number two team in the country, has the tenth ranked. That's who Craig Haley had uh, winning it all this year. They are a Really good team coming back. Uh, number nine, South Dakota State. Uh, this was one of the upsets at Colorado State to open up the year. That was one of the upsets they did mention, as I remember now. Uh, they play Lindenwood, who, which I doubt it's one of our Lindenwoods out of Belleville. Or yeah, it's a couple. Belleville and uh, St. Charles. I doubt it's either one of them. But uh, they, they play at Colorado State versus Lindenwood at Indiana State versus Dixie State. Versus SIU at Western Illinois versus UNI at Youngstown versus North Dakota State at South Dakota and versus North Dakota. So it looks like to me that tells me they get all three top teams in the conference at home. They get us, North Dakota State, North Dakota at home. It's interesting because as you were reading that off, especially when you mentioned Western Illinois, that I was like, how does this team have the whatever you said ranked? Uh, strength of schedule because that sounded pretty weak up until the end so yeah you're right if they host them all that's that's gotta be nice because as we know we killed North Dakota State at our place this past year we don't know if that would have been the case at the Fargo Dome so yeah Um, Montana State is at 8 7 is Villanova 6 is Weber State uh, 5 is Jacksonville State number 4 the Southern Illinois Salukis so uh yeah, we, we, we mentioned this beforehand. We were – because uh, read off our schedule again. At SEMO, at Kansas State, versus Dayton, versus Illinois State, at Western Illinois. When's the last time Western Illinois came here? Because I feel like every time we turn around, we're going up to the I think western honestly, part of the state. Probably not as long as we think because I remember uh, Probably they were supposed to come here last year and it screwed it all up. 
So uh, at South Dakota State versus North Dakota at UNI versus Missouri State at Indiana State versus Youngstown State in the year. It would be nice to have those final games to uh, go into the hopefully the playoffs, especially off a win off Youngstown. But, yeah, a couple of good teams we were questioning because Dayton's really not picked to be that good this year. And, you know, because they mentioned, you know, because we are playing FBS school, we're playing a Big 12 school. That's got a lot to do with the fact that we are up this high. We know CMOS quality and then obviously some of the other best in our conference. So Kansas State had a lot to do with that. So That we have to go to South Dakota State and Northern Iowa as well. So that is a big part of that as well. And we mentioned the North Dakota game. We want to get payback, and we think because we have a pretty – we play pretty well at home for the most part, so – Excited for the potential of that. Number three, North Dakota. That is a big one right there. Number two, Northern Iowa. And to finish out the toughest schedule, who starts the year at Big 12 school, Oklahoma State, the Missouri State Bears. That, that's, especially uh, you and I coming off the down year, coming straight being number two, let alone Missouri State, who also squeaked. And who did they lose to in the playoffs? Um, I don't remember exactly. They were the second to last team. They were co season champs last year. So, yeah. Picked sixth in the Valley, which is kind of hard to believe, which we know Northern Iowa had a down year in the top four teams, but they were tops. They were finished co champs and they get no respect. I'd be, if I was a Bear fan, I'd be Mr. Petrino. I wouldn't be very happy. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's tough. Right? We'll go ahead and read those options. Missouri State schedule is number one. They go at Oklahoma State um, versus uh, UCA, which I think that is. I'm not sure who UCA is. Yeah, I've never heard of it. They're at versus at home against South Dakota, at Illinois State, at Youngstown versus Indiana State. Then they get to go. At North Dakota State versus North Dakota at SIU versus Northern Iowa, then they go at Dixie State. Interesting. I think UC, oh, UCA should be a, probably an abbreviation for Central Arkansas. So that is, is a very tough schedule. Very tough. I wonder if they'll be ready for it. Like I said, they were co co champs last year and they beat us by a field goal and they got in lost first round of the playoffs. So yeah, it's very. Hopefully, I wonder if they live up to it. Because if they do, and like you and I have in the top two, that just that makes our conference even deeper than it is. So, no. I believe they they the, they played last fall. They played at Oklahoma too, as well. Yeah. So, yeah, Petrino has them playing big time, which games. is a really good thing. I mean, we're glad we're playing Kansas State to up our resume even more. So, but we mentioned it shouldn't take. You know, they 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 put the playoff format back to normal with teams. So we're hoping we can be one of those teams. So there's all that jazz. We know it's been ever changing. I mean, FCS is still uh, has not officially came out yet. Next still, week, still waiting on next week. I feel like every single pod we have, we say, "Oh, two weeks. Oh, one week." So looking forward to that. That'll be the last one we talk about, thankfully. So uh, now well, let's let's uh, run through some of these things we mentioned: the Colts and Bears coming to see the team last week, and then here we were: the Eagles and the Giants. Seen him this week. Maybe Craig James had a uh, something to say about uh, you know them coming in here. Obviously, put in a good word. Who knows? And then the and the Giants, as we know, Madre is on there. So. And Craig James is on the Eagles, so we already have that right. SIU connection. I guess what I was yeah, mentioning, yeah, him there and the Madre with the Giants. So good to see them. They won't be the last team showing up here. Uh, and then, no, we want to talk about because we mentioned the forfeit rule, how it was a, uh, you know, pretty much official. And the Missouri Valley own Twitter account a day ago uh, came out with their official statement. We just wanted to mention this. It's official. Uh, the NBC President's Council has announced that in the event an NBC institution determines that it is unable to compete in an NBC contest for any reason, that team will forfeit the contest in question. We've talked about this recently in other podcasts, hoping that we're not one of those teams. We know we've, we've been pretty careful. We know what to expect because we were pretty good with it last year. Um, hopefully, you know, we, we want to earn our win. So if there's ever a time throughout this year that a team has to forfeit because of it, we're not going to, you know, be totally wrong against it. Obviously, a win's a win, but we want to earn that win. So hopefully everybody stays clean and stay safe to that none of this has to happen. So they're coming out with that now, so that's for every sport, correct? I would assume. 
Yeah, we mentioned, yeah, with every every sport, you're right. I, I would think so. I'm sure with basketball will be the same. That's at the end of the year. COVID will still be here, so it's all interesting. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good bet that happens for everything. Yeah, because it doesn't necessarily say football. So, yeah, I'd say for everything. Uh, there's that, Noah, and then there's – let's give a quick uh, recruiting update. Yeah, recruiting update. Not much going on in the world of recruiting – but uh, I do know that I'd uh, seen that on our feed that we had reached out to, or he had visited wide receiver, uh, his name slipped in my head, Daniel Mora. He is a wide receiver. Uh, he had uh, five receptions for 75 yards in his opening game with his team. They won. And I know that Ryan Chanley, our recent Offensive line commit, they won their first game big time over a school down in Georgia, so they're off to – and uh, our other our other commits do not kick off till next week, so we will stay tuned on that, keep you guys updated how they're doing. We'll like or retweet if they make tweets or something. Yeah, and Daniel's dad, Tony, that just brought to my attention because he liked the two things we retweeted today about the drills that Mike posted and then the Jack Calhoun uh, – mic'd up that he liked both of those so uh that family's pretty well entrenched for the most part hopefully we can get their son in here and yeah you mentioned all that and we meant you mentioned yeah they don't start yet but like the Jalen's and the brian browns over there in lutheran that uh, uh i just remember seeing that they posted in them and their jerseys so they're pumped up for their season they have really nice jerseys so they'll be ready to go we know those two will show up so and, and like we said, maybe they have a teammate uh, soon that might be making a pivotal decision on if he wants to join them or not. We'll find out that down the road. So there's a quick update. Yeah, there's. it's not too high on the recruiting update. Those guys are getting ready for their seasons. It is very close for them. We'll be keeping an eye out, yeah, throughout their seasons and, and keep an update on how they're doing. Uh, now, Noah, to almost round this thing out, uh, Todd had tweeted about uh, the SEMO game. And we did this with Kansas State, like ticket updates. And we know most of the people, like we assumed we were going to do, just show up and buy a ticket. We didn't think it was going to be sold out by any means. So, sure, we might buy ours early. I doubt it. But it says that they are now on sale. Well, this is for if you have a, a 2-year-old through 14-year-old, it's eight fifty, and And after that, for adults, it's anywhere between 13 to $69, plus a small ticket fee. That's if you buy online. That's just an update on that. Todd was sure to get that out. Everybody get your tickets. We're hoping to see a lot of maroon there. I can't remember, Noah, in the past if CMOs had a really good crowd. We love going to their stadium. Uh, obviously, they have the sm- they have the small visitor side on the other end, and then they have their big side. So hopefully a place is packed. Yeah, uh, last time we went down there and uh, we – You we went down there the last couple of years. Yeah. I was last down there four years ago. I wasn't there. I was down there two so. years ago. Uh, when we lost to them, but uh, they had a big crowd that night. They put they put SIU over there by their student section. So uh, it's a. Uh, I remember the last time they were. It's it was a big crowd packed house. So it's going to be. Um, not sure where the sixty nine dollars seats are at the at stadium, but uh, yeah, because we're I mean by God that's there. We're paying at Kansas State sixty to sit, you know, pretty dang close to the field. So that's that is funny. Maybe that's a uh, the boxes up there. I don't I, have boxes. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember. I think it's just like fifteen bucks last time we paid at the the door yeah, just not, to get in because it's general mission over on the Saluki side. Right. So, Won't be too much. Yeah, you said thirteen between that. So interesting. We're expecting a lot. See a lot of maroon there. We wanted to also mention. We mentioned earlier about the new SAU app. We we know it was there before, but they definitely updated it. Uh, to where we're able to see everything that goes on in practice, all the videos, everything up to date. Because uh, they mentioned also you can download the app and buy your home uh, tickets this year. So do everybody it. go do that. We want to see every arena that SIU football is in, we want to see packed to the gills to an extent. So everybody get on that. And then, no, let's end real fast here. The great Jeremy Chan has been obviously uh, of national attention through his playing career, which obviously this their season is about to – Kick off in a couple of weeks. We know the preseason's going down as well. I'm not sure how much of the preseason Jeremy's partaking in. We know he's pretty important to what they got going on. No uh, risks involved for Jeremy. He might be playing. I'm not sure. But he joined Good Morning Football and NFL Network talking about 
uh, you know, his upcoming season and also that he want, he's going to wear a different Carolina Sports Legends jersey to home games, uh, whether that's preseason, because we know today he wore Muggsy Bogues and he said that he's going to get that person or whoever to autograph it and they're going to auction off to the athletes charity. So he's going to do that throughout that. So he's getting involved with the community as we expected him to. He's a great guy, great of great character. And uh, along with what he does on the field, he will be, he will be his own legend in Carolina. One of these days, potentially somebody will be wearing his Jersey and something like this. And coach Hill had his Jersey on a practice. Other That's day. right. Repping, showing these guys continuously that if you come here, you will make it to the next level. That's good. Get that in these players' heads to make them come here. And we're hoping that this season proves to why they should come here anyway. So that's to wrap up today. No, we do know, uh, as we've mentioned, we're gonna this is the first of three we're trying to get out before the Timo game. This one, the day after the fan fest, with the first couple of days of that week, uh, with camp, we'll discuss that along with the fan fest. So Thursday and that next week, uh, on that Wednesday, to uh talk about the Simo game pre. We'll talk about uh, what to expect from them, their depth chart, players to watch out for, and we'll have our depth chart out as well. We'll discuss that, so a lot to get into. If we have, if we get that earlier, we'll try to get that on the Thursday. But if not, we'll get that, and we'll talk about that on that Wednesday pre. And then we'll be at the SEMO game, obviously, and then after that on Friday, we will be sure to uh, get out what we, what we thought of the game and what the talk was after the fact and moving forward to the biggest game of the year uh, at Kansas State. So... Another good pod today, we will be sure to, unless there's breaking news, we will have one. We'll tweet about it, and we might just wait. But if it's of the utmost breaking news, we will have a pod, and we'll discuss whatever happens. Uh, so, yeah, camp is keep rolling on. They start again on Monday, and not much need a day off tomorrow. Uh, excited to see what uh, these guys continue to work on. We keep hearing great things. Luckily, besides Bryson news, we haven't heard anything bad of any, of any means, Noah. So, final thoughts. Yeah, good pod today. We good uh, good to see what's happening in the camp. If it wasn't for the them doing that on their website and their app, we would not know what's going on. Besides Todd's little he his little articles or Mike Reese doing interviews, that's the only thing that keeps us updated. Besides that, that's good to see. Yeah, we are ready. We're getting closer and closer day by day. We can't wait. Yeah, we're kind of t- we're kind of tired of playing videos, but if there's one that we know that can be understood pretty well, like the receivers one today, we'll be sure to get that out. So we'll, yeah, we'll be sure to put in our own words or read it ourselves. Moving forward, so for the episode 12 of the Dogs Football Podcast, stay tuned down the road, tweet notifications, all that, follow Instagram, Dogs Podcast, and all that jazz, per usual, for Nick Malone. No alerts. Until next time, soon. Go Dogs.